0: Welcome to Flyover Conservative Podcast with David and Stacy Whited, where we break down current events and examine culture through the lens of conservative Christian values.
1: One of the most impactful uh, pieces of content we've talked about on this podcast over the last two years um, that kind of came out of nowhere you know as far as our, our initial intent has been deliverance yes but you start looking at these problems in the world and like well it's this and it's this and it's this and it's that and and uh you know I, I, it doesn't matter who we have as president it doesn't matter who's if if in your own personal private life you're not walking in authority mm-hmm. not walking in if in, you're in, not free. in in breakthrough and in freedom mm-hmm. and everything everything that that Jesus came to bring and 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 to bring into us we watched a documentary uh called come out in Jesus name this last year that was a game changer for for many of you. but yeah. given one of the biggest responses, emails, text mm-hmm. messages, uh, deep dive we did with Henry Schaefer on, on this content. Um, one of the most uh, uh, crazy responses, emails, stories, testimonies from you guys. And so we're really excited about uh, diving in a little bit deeper, second time interview with one of the kind of heroes, cast members of, of that documentary, uh,
2: Alexander Pagani. Yay!
0: Yeah! Welcome back.
2: Thank you for having me on. I'm excited uh, to dive into this, my favorite topic, topic of deliverance, maybe go a little bit deeper, generational curses. And thank you for having me on, bringing me back a second oh, yeah. time. So that means that uh, the first one was a pretty good one, and you wanted to uh, bring me back. So I'm excited. It, it's just it's phenomenal. phenomenal. Got to, the Flyover
0: so Family loved it.
2: The,
1: the, the kind of content that, that we're about to get into here, and if and Flavor Family it's your first time, uh, you know, diving into this, just get, you're going to hear something in this that's probably going to shock you, something that might freak you out in a good way, and uh, kind of maybe wake you up it might to like, change your life. like, whoa, I didn't, mm-hmm. I didn't know. It's like living in your house your whole life, and there's like a whole wing that you didn't even know was there. You just found it. there's a door, and it's like, whoa, I didn't. Even know this room was here, you might have that kind of a kind of a breakthrough, Alexander. You mentioned something on um, on a on, a, on a, another interview I remember seeing with you about going to the theater to see this documentary that was featuring you, and and it it, it was a, it was a place where you had sort of had had, had had been running running wild, living living another life, and you were in that same and like God just brought this mm-hmm. whole thing right there for you what what was that moment like and maybe talk about that kind of kind of Old Testament New Testament life that you had
2: you know um, I'm still processing you know this uh you know this elevation and you know this highlighting or spotlighting from heaven that God has uh, given me personally you know um, because never in a million years would I have thought that I'd be uh, doing what I'm doing now let alone at the magnitude uh, of and the momentum that it's happening now. You know, mm-hmm. when, when we went to go see Come Out in Jesus' Name at the local movie theater here in the South Bronx, you know, this was the very same theater back in 1990 through like 92, up until I got saved at the age of 17 in prison. And maybe we'll talk about that a little bit later, you know, is where we would uh, go, get, uh, go look for the girls, uh, mm-hmm. go get high, bring your cars, uh, it was a meetup place for the gangs. Um, that was the go-to spot. Early 90s, there was no internet. So movies was our internet. So yeah. understand, mm-hmm. you know, like now you can watch things on video. You can have like a get together in your home and just put a, a live stream, a movie or something. Back then it was when you wanted to have fun, you go to the movie theater. Years later, to see uh, me on the screen, not just me, but my immediate family was man. with me and my, my my children were there, I started to cry. I started to cry, you know, and then have our church family there clapping as soon as we first came on, you know, uh, in the movie, stand up and start uh, clapping. Because, oh, man. You know, they, they knew the journey of many years of pioneering deliverance when no one was pioneering yeah. deliverance. To now seeing it on the silver screen, um, it was pretty uh, humbling, uh, surreal for me, and I'm still unfolding and unpackaging that. So if I uh, would try to say if I have a grasp and how I'm really feeling... I don't fully know yet because it's still happening because we're going to be featured in another movie uh, from Mike Signorelli about a month and a half from now that's going to be in the silver screen talking about revival and deliverance, which is like, come out of Jesus name, part two, you wow. know, so it's a, another spinoff movie from one of the cast members from Mike Signorelli. And we're featured in that again. <laughs> so I'm not sure, maybe in a year from now we'll have our third interview. <laughs> yeah. You can ask me that question and I'll say, Oh my God <laughs> you, you know, like I don't know, but to God be the glory and God is so
1: God is so he good. is
0: and he's so redeeming. I, I absolutely love that. you know, it's interesting, Alexander, because we've been in the church all our life um we have seen some deliverance but not a lot talked about in the church but today, it's everywhere. People are hungry. You just came from a conference where there were 7,000 people that were hungry, that came from everywhere in the hot sun, in a tent in Tennessee, you Mm. know? And so tell us about that. And why do you think that this is kind of coming together at this time?
2: Well, you know, um, I've been saved for 30 years. I got saved in 1992. And um, when I first got saved, you know, um, I was, I used to read a magazine called The Evangel, you know, and it would talk about All of the previous moves of God uh, in, you know, within the last 120 years from Azusa Street to the voice of healing, to the voice of revival, to the the emergence of the apostolic and the prophetic and, you know, large crusades, you know. So to see what God is doing now with deliverance, you know, I can honestly say that we are now in the beginning of what, what I can genuinely say the voice of deliverance. So you had the mm-hmm. voice of healing from the 1940s all the way to the 1960s. And then you had the Jesus revolution and Jesus movement, mm-hmm. charismatic, charismatic movement. I think right now um, we are witnessing, you know, the birthing and the beginnings of the voice of deliverance. It's It's growing exponentially. Deliverance now is a juggernaut. It's a momentum that can't be stopped. And I'm watching it start from social media, uh, small storefront churches mm-hmm. in the fringes of inner city and maybe the backside of the mountains somewhere, a little small churches to now uh, gaining momentum and some of more of the maybe non denominational churches and now headline mainline denominations are beginning yep. to some degree at least reconsider it even embrace it, such as you know Greg Locke and others who were cessationists now becoming continuationists. <laughs> um, it's it's growing it's growing. So every event that we're going to now. Thank God for social media. Social media now is the is the new Christian television it has mm-hmm. pushed it forward. The events which started off in maybe 800 to 900 has crossed over to the 1000. Now, I just finished coming in an event under 10 where there were 7000 in attendance and watch this. 50,000 watching online. Wow. wow. Online. This means that by this time next year, should the Lord tarry, it is now going to hit stadiums. And that's a prophetic word that I gave last year. Last year, I gave a prophetic word um, and I released it. And I said, I foresee the Lord taking the ministry of deliverance into away from the churches, uh, into the stadiums where there will be whole arenas and stadiums doing mass deliverance Praise on a Lord. large scale, not just uh, in the arena, but confronting ruling principalities over particular cities and regions. I foresaw that. Didn't know that it would be a year later. I just said it, received it, threw it out there by faith. And a year later, as we begin to see it, Isaiah Saldivar, who's also a cast member of Come Out in Jesus' Name, a good friend of mine, he said, Pagani, the prophetic word that you said, I had forgotten it. I went back wow. through my social media. So it's not like something I said and I can't verify. It's on social media in 2021 where I actually said it. You could go back on social media wow. where the timestamp is there. We are actually witnessing it. Wow. I'm excited. This is an exciting time to be living in. The ministry of deliverance is here. It won't be stopped. And God is going to do absolutely amazing. We're going to see whole cities and regions absolutely get set free by the power. Amen. Of
0: Amen. And you've actually written a new book that we want to highlight today. It's called "The Secrets to Generational Curses," that are really important. In fact, uh, it looks like maybe we're, we're going to work towards getting you New York uh, best time uh, bestsellers on that. So let's talk about that too. Uh, what is a generational
2: curse? A generational curse is a verdict from the courtroom of heaven against a people, against a uh, a nation, against a family that has committed a violation against the law of God that warrants it. Let me give you an example. All right, so obviously there are many different degrees of sin. you got violation, you have sin, you have transgression, you have iniquity, and then you have an abomination. The first three do not produce a generational curse. Let me give you an example of that. If I have an argument with my wife, Obviously, it's a sin, right? A really bad argument with my wife. Obviously, it's sin. If the rapture of the church happened at the moment where me and my wife were arguing, me and my wife will be arguing our way to heaven. Why? Because arguing with my wife don't <laughs> sin, uh, depending on how intense the argument is. Hello, somebody that's married out there. You know? <laughs> it doesn't warrant a generational curse. This is the reason why we have In civilization, robbery in the first degree, robbery in the second degree, robbery in the third degree. Why? They're all under the category of robbery, but all do not have the same penalty of consequence. All right. So it's the same way uh, in as a Christian. So if I argue with my wife, obviously God's not going to curse me. But if I commit adultery on my wife, now we're talking about Mm. where God can allow a generational curse of adultery to not just hit me. But affect the family and also continue to be transferred down the bloodline. And I get it, maybe many of your viewers might not necessarily like the term generational curses, but so let's just say hereditary sins or hereditary patterns of behavior that are transmitted from one generation to the next. But there's a distinction between the demonic and the curse. The demon is not the curse. The demon is like the U.S. marshal that enforces Mm. uh, the edict from the government to go and evict someone out of their home or out of an apartment or out of a place. So that's what it is. The courtroom of heaven decrees an edict against a family. I am against the house of Ahab. I am against the house of Basha. I am against the house of Jezebel. We read that in scripture. Mm -hmm. What happens there? The kingdom of darkness gets the memo or... Receives the edict from the courtroom of heaven. The book of Job actually talks about this. This whole dialogue between God and darkness is, is mm-hmm. still prevalent to this day. Right. Mm-hmm. They take that and they enforce the curse that the courtroom of heaven has sanctioned against that family, whatever that may be. So um, witchcraft can open a door to a generational curse. If you're a Christian and doing witchcraft, and you'd be surprised in this present day and age, there are Christians practicing new age. I don't even know how that works, but there mm-hmm. are Christians practicing new age. That will produce a generational curse. So that's that's why I wrote this book because the issue in the battle that I was struggling in is this, I'm getting sick and tired of people having a million deliverance sessions done back mm. to back. There's this deliverance idolatry or this deliverance addiction. <clears throat> That kind of like is prevalent. There's an epidemic of people getting a million deliverances, or the same people going into the altar uh to get another deliverance and then a re-deliverance. So I begin to question, God, okay, God, God, what is going on here? Because I just helped this person like three weeks ago. I remember them. <laughs> why are like, they back? <laughs> why are they back? And then the Holy Spirit began to say, the issue is not the demon, you got rid of the demon. There's a generational curse that hasn't been resolved yet in the heavens. Explore that area. And when I begin to explore it, I begin to find out not just in the New, in the Old Testament, but in the New Testament as well, a Christian can have a generational curse. Now, let me just throw this out there because right I can I can literally hear your view is saying, there's no such thing as a generational curse, you know, in the New Testament generational curses is not a salvation issue. This has not, This is not a topic that's salvific. This has nothing to do. So if the rapture came and a Christian had a generational curse active in their life, they're still going to make the rapture. What we're talking about is carrying out your Christian experience in life and life more abundantly here on the earth. This has nothing to do with salvation. You could even have a demon and the rapture came. You're still going up to heaven. The demon stays, you leave though. Mm-hmm. So I just wanted to kind of throw that out there because I understand that modern evangelicalism, this they're barely scratching the surface and embracing the demonic and deliverance. They're still completely opposed to the idea of a Christian having generational curse. So in a nutshell, it is an edict from the courtroom of heaven against a person that has committed a sin that warrants that level of consequence and penalty and judgment towards them.
1: Okay. Let me, let me ask you a question. Um, cause a certain amount of things are, are, uh, choices, lifestyle decisions. Somebody might say, man, the devil's coming against me. I had a tough week. I had a flat tire. And it's like, well, you also bought these $300 Jordans and you didn't buy a new tire for your car. So like, like that, that is, is you're walking in ignorance of financial principles and where you're spending your, your, your money. But there's also, there's also a spirit of poverty that you can see within a family line. I I did work in a, as it went to Tegucigalpa in Honduras and, and, well, I tell you what, you can, you can feel a, 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 principality? A, a principality, like an oppression of poverty, because you can't, you know, if you've ever had a conversation with somebody, you're speaking to them, even about finances, and like, they just, they they resist the idea that things could even be better. Like, this is how, my parents were broke, they were broke, mm-hmm. and they've, they've, they've got it so set in their mind that I know I'm coming against something bigger than just bad thinking, Mm-hmm. So how do you differentiate those? And you could go into every category. You can go into uh, health or, or addictions or a lot of things. But but how do you differentiate the community they grew up in, the, the way that they thought about a, a topic from a, a, a legal right mm-hmm. that's been given up and forfeited?
2: I mean, we could probably dedicate a whole show dedicated just to just to talk about that. But let's use finances. I'm glad that you use finances as a perfect example, because if the same principles that we're teaching and preaching here in the U.S. isn't really working in Africa, then there's something wrong. You know what I'm saying? This is why a lot of the uh, prevalent schools of thought of, Maybe prosperity gospel, if you really analyze it, it don't work in Africa. It don't it's not working in third world countries, even though those third world countries are still following these same preachers. Why? Very simple, because now we're dealing with a bigger system that's at play there. What we're talking about, generations of bondage, generations of, of administrations that with with policies that are set up to keep people oppressed. Not only that, but these policies and um um and and, and systems and rules and regulations are being set up by demons behind these individuals that Mm. are in Mm. legislation. You can actually see it. So yes, um, the problem why I think that we struggle here in the West is because we we are living to some degree in probably one of the most prosperous uh, uh, nations on the earth. So yes, when you start talking about generational curse, uh, you know, uh, uh, generations of poverty to someone who has no idea of that within we. You know, then we can resist revelations and books like this because of our personal, personal experience. But I'm just here to say that the rest of the world is really not like America. You Mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? Like the rest of the world, they're kind of struggling here, you know? And then if you go into some of these third world countries, they're really struggling. And then if you go into the more impoverished uh, sectors in areas of these third world countries. It is absolutely stifling. I've been there. I've been mm-hmm. in the sub-Saharan deserts uh, in uh, in northern uh, countries of Chad and Nigeria, where there's nothing, nothing out there. And then I, I, I went over there with my, you know, with my churchianity stuff. and <laughs> Churchianity. You, this is churchianity, you know. I go out there trying to preach my, you know, I came here from the West, I had to change my message because mm-hmm. it just didn't work it just didn't work you know but you get to see over here we hear about it we see more the policies and the legislations and people you know schools of thought we see mm-hmm. more schools of thought and mm-hmm. patterns of but when you go elsewhere you actually see the demon the demon is prevalent yeah you know so it's g- generations of demonic control either through ignorance or through willful disobedience transgression or what we would call iniquity and this is why the bible says in 2nd uh, chronicles chapter 7 verse 14 if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray i will forgive their sin and i'll heal their land why Amen. does the why does the land need any healing? Because the land is being governed by ruling principalities and powers or generations of schools of thought that are being handed down from one generation to the next. And I know what you're talking about. If you want to see somebody manifest, whether they have a generational curse of poverty, talk about money as a Christian. Ooh. And immediately, immediately.
1: Yeah. A lot of emotion.
2: Yeah. You'll see either mm-hmm. opposition for it or the excesses of wanting to receive it mm-hmm. much. So there's a bondage and excesses on both ends. So I think generational curse in the area of poverty um, is a good place to start. So that's kind of mm-hmm. like you can actually see it there. I have yet to see um, the Christian church actually address that because we're still trying to convince the, the church or the body of Christ that demons still exist. So I think yeah. books like myself and others that are out there. I think we are the beginning with a stone thrown in a pond that will create the ripple effect. You know, I wrote this book with generations, with two or three generations in mind. Should the Lord tarry, I don't know if we're going to last that long because prophecy is fulfilling itself right before our eyes within the last 50, 60 yeah. years. But should the Lord tarry the next hundred years? I'm praying that someone will pick up where. Where I left off at and that way our children's children can be able to embrace what I'm still fighting for people to convince. I love so that. So
0: good. I love it. Okay, Flyer family, we want to help get yep. this part of the New York bestsellers list. So the way we can do that is if you go to Amazon, and we're going to put the links below, you can get the book on Amazon. You can also do reviews on Amazon as well. So The Secrets to Generational Curses on Amazon, Andrew Pagani, and we'll put that in the links below. Another thing that we want to do is we want to also follow him on YouTube. He's almost to 100,000 subscribers on YouTube. If you go to Alexander Pagani Ministries, He's almost 200,000. Let's get him over um, on YouTube. So that's an assignment now. Those are, those are all
1: metrics that the New York Times looks at. And, yep. and, and here's the deal. Here's, here's why that's important. This is a ministry outreach for us because... When, when he hits a list like that, this title and this content gets in front of eyeballs that yep. probably are not going to visit your church, that probably don't know about this as even being a, a room in the house that they could even go into for help. They don't even know that it exists. And to put it in front of people that would not have otherwise seen it, d- just, take, just take five minutes— Get the book, give a review, just say something nice. Just the content in there, you know, on there is going to really help that out. Subscribe on the YouTube. Uh, We are all in this together, and that plays a role if you blow in the winds uh, the the sail of that boat.
0: Alexander, thank you so much for joining us today. We really appreciate your time.
1: All right, let's get our stuff together here. Hi, I'm David Whitey. (laughs) (laughs) If we could skip the high money... Because <laughs> <laughs> that's where i got to tend to derail. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> but I did good. See, look. First thing says... Say your name. Say your name. <laughs> Say your <laughs> name, David <Dude, why> <laughs> Have you been wondering what to do with the spare time you have on Saturday mornings? Have I got a way for you to fill that time? Not cleaning your garage, folding your laundry, or doing something with yourself. Filling your head with worthless information about... <laughs> what may or may not have happened 5,000 years ago. <laughs> have you ever wondered about ancient civilizations or about chemtrails in the sky or have you ever had a friend at, at school talk to you about friend at school? <laughs> 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 Some days when you're sitting there with your lunch pail and you're talking to your friend at school they, they bring up your flat earth and you think it's a flat I don't know if your flat earth is flat or not. I don't know, alligators are angry because they got all those teeth and no toothbrush. <laughs> and it's all true. And we talk about it every Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking about uh, Rubik's cubes and stuff. <laughs> we like to have conversations with people that have made documentaries, written books. Oh, this is terrible! I can like fill myself hating watching this later. Okay, give me a swoosh. Let's do this thing for real this time. I got a show for you. My, my, on my eyes red now. You won't be able to tell in there. Peter can fix it. You read it through a filter. Can't even run it through the Brad Pitt filter and get rid of my red eye. Oh, I'm probably doing the world a disservice.
0: He has not fallen off the throne. He's not nervous. He's not chewing his nails. He is in control. He has plans to prosper us and not to harm us. What a great time to be alive. And I'm so excited for you to join me every Wednesday at 1111. Are you having a hard time sleeping at night thinking, what am I going to do about my finances?
1: You know, times are really changing. They're changing fast. Let me give you a quick example of how in 1920, if you had a $20 bill and one ounce of gold, you could go into any men's clothing store and buy an entire suit, you wow. could buy the, the jacket, the shirt, the belt, shoes, the whole bit.